Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. There's over 180,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio and get your free audiobook today. Transgender and non-binary individuals often report being harassed, denied services, or even being attacked when they show IDs with a name or a gender that doesn't match their presentation, and many forego the cost, complexity, and anxiety associated with legal name and gender changes. When MasterCard learned about these challenges, they decided to do something about it. In this episode of Cause Talk Radio, I talk with Cheryl Guerin, MasterCard's Executive Vice President for Marketing and Communications, about their true name feature that allows transgender and non-binary individuals to allow their true names to appear on their MasterCard without the requirement of a legal name change. The first true name cards are just rolling out this month, and Cheryl and I talk about everything from how this initiative began to the responsibility that brands have to the LGBTQIA community year-round, and not just during Pride Month. Well, hey, Cheryl, thanks so much for joining us on Cause Talk Radio today. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to have you on today because MasterCard recently announced a true name feature. Would you just get us started today by talking a little bit about what true name is and why MasterCard decided to create this feature? Sure. So we've been a longtime supporter and ally of the LGBTQIA community, uh, which means that we want to serve this community in the most inclusive way. And so we learned uh, that many of the transgender community specifically, uh, about 60% of them feel that they were discriminated or have been discriminated during the process of changing their name. And when we found this out, we saw there was an opportunity. So many people then uh, in this community uh, don't necessarily have the right representation of the name based upon who they are uh, on their card. And we wanted to do something about that. So why is this such a tricky issue for the LGBTQ community? Um, it, It seems like maybe people aren't able to legally change their name and then their credit card doesn't match? Or can you just explain for our listeners who are not aware, like I was not aware really that this was even an issue? Can you just explain a little bit about why that's hard? What we learned was that the name on a transgender individual's credit, debit, or prepaid card didn't necessarily reflect their true identity. So there's two parts to this. One is there's a pride in having your card with your name on it. And if the name doesn't reflect who you are, uh, it's not something to be proud of. And so that's one issue. And the second issue we learned about was concern for uh, safety. So they felt really either embarrassed or concerned for safety uh, if they had to present their card and it reflected a name that didn't necessarily reflect what they looked like as well. So this was the issue and we wanted to do something about this, of course. And I think um, part of my 
what I didn't understand, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here, is that not a, not everyone is able to change their legal name. So they would have a credit card because it had to have, they thought that it had to have their driver's license name on or whatever their ID was um, because they didn't get their name legally changed because that's it can be hard and expensive and, and all of those things. So that's, like, had they changed their name legally, their ID would show their true name, right? And then their credit card would show their true name. But the, the disconnect here is just that... Um, you know, not all identification matches up because not everyone can do that. Is that accurate? That's accurate. And, you know, to date, most of the banks who are issuing the cards are collecting legal name on acquisition applications. Right. And so this was the process that was happening. And so, uh, frankly, the ability to make some changes in that process And then even take it a little further than that, which is the customer service so that in every channel, whether it's online, whether it's somebody calling in customer service, that the individual can be reflected based upon the name that they want on their card and they want to be, um, you know, known as. So how hard was this from MasterCard's perspective? I mean, what needed to happen on your end, are you able to do a credit card that doesn't have your same legal name? Like, could I have my name be Betsy instead of Megan and that would be okay? Or what are some of the considerations on MasterCard's end? I mean, there was a process that we would work that we had to work through with our uh, with our issuers. That was educating them about the challenge and then working with them to change uh, the acquisition forms that they were utilizing. And then the banks took it the next step further. They were unbelievably thoughtful in thinking through all the channels where they have communication and they wanted to actually reflect that as well. But I have to say, from a name standpoint, for the last couple of years, we've been changing MasterCard's rules to put less emphasis on the names. Hmm. We no longer require that the merchants ask for signature. Mm-hmm. at the point of sale. Mm-hmm. And then that name that's been on the back of the card, um, you know, where you sign your name on the back of the card, that's no longer required either. So we've been setting the stage for this in our rules. And now our issuers are working with us to make this uh, a, a complete positive experience, particularly for transgender. It was important for us and then working with some of our banks as well that were as inclusive as possible. That's interesting. And I I think this initiative is amazing. But let me just play devil's advocate for one second. So if you have, um, like, if somebody takes my credit card and goes to use it at a merchant and buys something expensive, and there's no question between, like, the legal name and the name on the card, like, if, if they're asked to see ID and it's different, does that pose a security problem in terms of identity theft and things. I mean, I I can absolutely see the use case for this particular scenario, but like for other scenarios, does that present, you know, challenges? So the good news is we have the highest level of security on the cards that has nothing to do with the name. The chip on the card, the EMV chip uh, on the card is, and then what you use online, we have the highest level of security uh, on these cards. And so it it actually doesn't pose um, any concern as you would think. Um, we, so it's, it's really, again, we've been upgrading the security on the cards for years. So it's, it's just now that this is uh, the perfect time to be able to introduce something like this. And merchants, they are not required to ask for ID and they don't need to ask for ID at the point of sale. So there should be no confusion around this at the point of sale as well. 
Interesting. So maybe it's just a little bit of a myth. And maybe, like you're saying, technology has caught up to the point where security is not necessarily about like asking, you know, matching up the signatures or, you know, asking for ID. That's exactly right. And by the way, in the background, if you're shopping online as well, you know, everything in the background on this stays the same. So the banks will collect your legal name and then they'll collect your preferred name. And then the plastic that's uh, the card that comes out, you know, at the end will have your preferred name on it. In the background, everything stays the same so that all the security checks are right and all your credit scores, et cetera, tie back to your legal name. Um, But you no longer have an issue of, you know, you feel like this card is a source of pride for you. And on top of that, uh, no safety issues anymore. Got it. Um, I always like to ask our guests when we're talking about campaigns, how long has this been in the works? Because sometimes things can come together relatively, relatively quickly. Usually that is not the case. And this stuff takes a very long time. And I would imagine with something like this, uh, it's probably been in the works for a while. It, it all actually started this year. So, wow. um, I, you know, we've been tremendous supporters of uh, the community and we work with, um, you know, our internal, we call it a BRG, our Pride Business Resource Group. And so we've always sponsored, for instance, the World Pride Parade or New York City Pride Parade and in other cities as well. But we wanted to take it a little bit further and we wanted to understand the needs of the community, and any pain points. And this surfaced as a pain point that we actually hadn't heard before. And so what we did was we immediately took action. Uh, we announced it uh, that it was coming in June at the New York City Pride uh, Parade and, uh, and, and the events that were going on that month. And then uh, we had been working with our issuers and uh, we're so excited the first card's going to be issued in uh, December. So all all within this last year, actually. That's amazing. Congratulations. That that does sound like a very expedited time frame. So that's great. Thank you. So you were, you've mentioned the issuer several times. It's not like MasterCard can just make this decision and just say, every MasterCard is now going to, you know, have XYZ or the following. You have to do some work with your banks and your issuers to get them on board. So it sounds like you've just said the first card is going to be available in December, which is when this podcast will air. So hopefully by the time you hear it, it'll be available. Um, It looked like BMO Harris Bank was the first bank. Can you talk a little bit about what it took to get uh, issuers on board and how that process is rolling out and, and what the continuum is in terms of where you still have to get to? I have to say BMO has been, uh, BMO Harris has been the uh, most amazing partner. Uh, they took this on with us, just like us. They're focused on inclusion and they really wanted to focus on expediting their processes and getting this out in the market. Um, so they've been hugely supportive. And also, like I said, they're taking a full end to end view of customer service with this as well. So they've been hugely supportive and, uh, and they will be the first customer. Um, Superbia also announced with us, which is a credit union that is actually dedicated to the LGBT community. And they're coming on board, which is wonderful next year. And then we're working with banks, large and small. Um, There's so much support and interest in doing this. And everybody just wants to make sure that they come to market with it right and holistically and that they're delivering the best possible experience. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. One book I've just discovered and highly recommend is Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It by Chris Voss. Voss was the FBI's lead international kidnapping negotiator, and in his book, he provides really practical tips you can use to become more persuasive, both in your personal and professional life. I found this book so useful that I'm listening to it again on Audible, and you can get it for free with your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. You kind of referenced that, it, you know, it was brought to your attention that this was an issue. Um, it maybe sounded, did it come from your BRG? Is that what it's called? Business Resource Group? Did I just make that up? No, it's totally <laughs> called the BRG, by the way. Okay. Uh, but- <laughs> Is that where it came from? Like, you you didn't dream up this idea yourself, Cheryl. It came from somewhere else. It came by talking to the community, right? So we actually talked to members of the community and tried to understand, um, you know, we always under, you know, we're all about understanding what matters to people. And then if there are any pain points, of course. And so two things came out. One is, um, and it has to do with an initiative we launched, Acceptance Street. One thing we learned from the community, the community in its entirety was that, you know, to so many people, um, saying, uh, gay doesn't, um, reflect, who they feel they're, um, you know, what they are. And what we did was we did the acceptance street sign on gay and Christopher street with the number of designations in the LGBTQIA community. And, uh, and it was tremendously successful. Everybody took pictures and posted online and it just was a source of pride again for people. And then the second thing is when it got to pain points, there weren't too many, but this particular, uh, you know, se- uh, segment of transgender, this was an actual surprise to us. We hadn't thought of it. And when you talk to people and their experiences, and when we heard what they were going through, we said, we have to do something about this. And, uh, you know, most important is that we're not just going and uh, being part of uh, you know, these parades and putting a rainbow on our logo. We want to do things that help and support the community. And I think both the Acceptance Street initiative and now True Name um, represent exactly who we are. Everybody deserves to be included. And uh, we want to have the best products and services that support that. Well, it sounds like you've put a lot of thought into this and had a lot of conversations with the community. Um, and I think that goes a long way. So good for you for being responsive and doing it quickly, which is, again... It's impressive. Thank you. Talk a little bit about what the response has been so far from your customers, from employees. What are people saying? I I actually should talk about the employees. The sense of pride we have as an organization for what's going on uh, and what we're doing is um, extraordinary. And that's both the community of uh, LGBT members and our BRG uh, at MasterCard that are so proud of what we're doing. Um, but it, it really is our, our company. It's in our DNA to be inclusive. We, we have so many inclusive initiatives at MasterCard. This is one of them. Um, and this is such a nice representative uh, representation of just what we do across the board, whether it's for inclusion or this community or financial inclusion or other, it's who we are. And so the employees rally behind us. And so many people, by the way, did this 
as volunteer work. Um, And so everybody came in on top of the day jobs that they had to get this product out so quickly uh, because of how much we care. And then uh, the second thing is our customers. I have to say, um, you know, this is, this was when we announced this and we had been talking to some of our customers already, the number of calls and meetings we've had over so many customers that want to get this right and do this with us has been um, extraordinary and consumers as well. When we talk to the community and they see that we actually are doing something that matters for them, it's special and, uh, and meaningful. And so uh, we're, we're just thrilled with the response. It sounds like you're going to be working with partners to create additional products in the future with the true name feature. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like, what that would be? Sure. Um, I mean, this one, we're going to continue to focus on the rollout of this. And, um, and we're committed to do so, uh, along with so many of our customers. But this is what we do. Uh, part of what we do in understanding different segments, different consumers is really digging in and identifying how we could better, uh, serve them. Uh, you know, sometimes this is a challenge because you think about it. It's so easy to use our products already. It's sort of routine. It just happens. And so, when you talk to people at a different level uh, and you get into emotional impacts like we found on this one, you start uncovering some new things and new opportunities. And we're going to continue to do that, uh, certainly with this community and others as well. Well, we'll, we will look forward to seeing what the future holds for MasterCard and inclusion initiatives. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, we saw a lot this past year, more than any other year that I can recall, a, a bit of a backlash during Pride Month this year with people criticizing companies that fly a rainbow flag and come to the parade and, you know, make a big splash um, one month out of the year and then walk away for the rest of the year. So I just, I wonder what your thoughts are about that backlash. I wonder what your thoughts are internally with MasterCard, if you guys have had conversations about this, but it seemed like a big deal this year. Um, And since I have you, I feel like I need to ask you about that. (laughs) It's true. Uh, You know, so everybody wants to show their support. And so I don't think they're ill-intended by, you know, putting the rainbow flag out. But I do think that we have to go one step beyond this. And and it's exactly what we did, which was... um, talk to the community, understand their real needs. And I'd encourage any of the companies and brands that are playing this space to understand the community even further. So it's nice to say, we're, we're here for you and, and we support you. Um, but it has to go even further than that. And I'll tell you, we've been running our acceptance matters campaign, supporting this community for years. And uh, we purposefully said we wanted to take this step further than even a campaign. And, uh, and what we found out was extraordinary. And it's created innovation um, for this community. That's great. And it seems like I think part of the challenge, and I'd be interested in your response to this as well, but part of the challenge is that there are some companies who have long been supportive of this community, and they come out in Pride Month as well. And not everyone knows how long they've been involved, or the fact that they actually listen and are trying to do things to kind of support and change the community. And so I feel like sometimes they end up as collateral damage because people are like, I can't believe they're out here, you know, on the parade and they don't do anything else. Well, actually, they can't, you know, some of them do, some of them don't, but some of them do. Um, So I'm I'm curious about your thoughts, uh, thoughts on that as well. 
Yeah, that is tough because this is where people, uh, again, brands and companies, they have to think about what they're doing and build, continue to build on it. So we've stayed consistent with our Acceptance Matters campaign. Even the Acceptance Street sign, Mm -hmm. you know, we use hashtag Acceptance Matters on the bottom of that sign to let people know this was part of that longstanding uh, program. And, uh, And so I do think it's important for companies now to really talk about what they're doing authentically. Um, but it does show and tell us that we also need to evolve mm-hmm. what we're doing mm-hmm. and, um, and find ways to even have more meaning in our employees' lives that are in these, uh, these groups, as well as um, your, your customers as well. So I, I think we, what we saw this year tells us we all have to take this beyond where we've been um, and figure out what else we can do uh, to really embrace this community. And uh, I'm really pleased that we were able to do that. And I think it also speaks to the fact... So, sometimes I talk to companies who are like, oh, we're just doing it because it's the right thing to do. We don't talk about it. We don't share with anyone. We don't include it on our website. And I'm like, yeah, but that kind of... Mm, people want to know what you're doing, you know? So it's... Yeah. I think that's part of the challenge too. But I, I'm not I'm not at all saying MasterCard does that. You guys do an amazing job of... No, um, people have to tell their story. Exactly. They have to tell their story. Otherwise, you're right. They could uh, suffer backlash as if they just entered to be opportunistic. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much. Where can people learn more about MasterCard's true name feature online? Well, speaking of uh, communicating uh, what you're doing, we have this available at mastercard.com backslash acceptance matters. And then did you say there's an acceptance matters hashtag as well? Yes, there is. So hashtag acceptance matters. And um, so, yeah, you can see all the great photos that people posted at Acceptance Street uh, using that hashtag as well. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much. It was such a joy to talk to you. And we will look forward to continuing the conversation to hear the good works you will continue to do in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you.